If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton. Welcome to the show. Today I have a Q&A with Dami Lee. She is a cartoonist and an author. She writes for The Verge. Her cartoons have been seen in The New Yorker. She has worked at BuzzFeed. She has a book, Be Everything at Once, out now. You can check her out on Instagram and Twitter at Dami underscore Lee, D-A-M-I underscore L-E-E. And while you're checking out apps, I want to add another one to your list, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Yeah, that's important. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, like me. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive, clear design, with data presented in an easy to digest way, which is what I like. I like things that are intuitive. I like things that are functional. And if they are, I will use it. My dad is a long time day trader, years and years and years, and he's excited on it. So if he, he's been doing it for 30 something years in the traditional way, now he's loving it. So it's good enough for my dad. And it's good enough for me. Maybe it's good enough for you. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Come on. You know you need it. And even if you don't need it, you want it. I love it. I, I especially love, I, I am obsessed with checking out uh, my crypto. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed it just because it constantly is moving and I'm obsessed with analytics so I'm, I'm always on the app. I'm always on Robinhood. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Sometimes it's just somebody telling you about it or watching some tutorial. It's, it's the hands-on aspect that will help you build that portfolio, learn how to invest. Come on, be a grown-up. Even, even me. I'm talking to myself. Be a grown-up. Take control of your finances. And Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Go sign up at friends.robinhood.com. That's friends.robinhood.com. I uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at my Instagram. Probably haven't. It's the Jason Horton. Check it out. While you're looking at apps, Ed, just keep... Adding apps and then adding different things to look at in the apps and make sure my Instagram is one of them, I guess. But uh, I, I'm going to talk about Ghost Town Podcast, but to be fair, I've been talking about Friends Without Benefits on Ghost Town. I want to be fair. I'm not playing favorites, uh, but Halloween is coming up, and I did, along with my co-host Rebecca, we uh, have a special three-part a three-part 
the death of Janis Joplin episode. It will coincide with the anniversary of her death. It'll kind of coincide with Halloween. And we rented the hotel room where she died in Hollywood. And then um, we recorded some interviews with the staff. Rebecca's mother actually met Janis Joplin. We had a medium come and read the room. That's going to be the final of the three episodes. And it is freaky. I'm not going to lie. It really freaked me out. Kind of just being in there freaked me out. Uh, But then we had music, uh, people uh, playing Janis Joplin's music. And it was really awesome and intensive and expensive. But so what? You know what? Don't care. Wanted to do it. So uh, if you check out Ghost Town Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, you can uh, get it now, subscribe, download it, rate and review it, whatever. So this way... When October hits, you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready for Halloween. And maybe I have something planned for Halloween for Friends Without Benefits. Maybe. I don't know. Keep listening. And by saying maybe, I, I am going to. I would not lie to you. I'm less than a month out from going to Berlin, Prague, and Copenhagen. Excited about that. My wife is very excited. She loves. Well, she's doing about... 103% of the planning. Uh, I don't really get excited. I don't know if you're like this, but I don't get really excited until closer to it or when I'm there when it finally hits me. She gets excited. She was excited months ago. Uh, but we have a lot of cool stuff planned. Uh, I have a blog called ghosttowntravels.com, which is an extension of the Ghost Town podcast, uh, but it's also uh, urban exploration and travel, and it's a little more expanded. So if you want to check out ghosttowntravels.com, I'm going to be also be doing a uh, stand-up in Berlin. Uh, as, as I solidify the date, I will let you know when it is. I don't know. If you're in Berlin during that time, come on down. See how I do. If people don't laugh, I'll blame it on a language barrier. But we know um, it's just because uh, my lack of skill and talent. But one thing I do have a talent for is eating, and Green Chef is going to help me with that. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. The recipes are quick, easy, with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. With Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options. And I'm like that. I like to switch it up. I go through phases. I sometimes want to be vegetarian and some for the day, you know, for the meal maybe. And then sometimes I'm like I want to I want to cut the carbs and 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 do something uh like keto. And Green Chef helps you. There's a diverse array of recipes that range from global cuisines to classic comfort foods all with a signature touch. Green Chef thinks dinner should be planned around your life, not the other way around. Thank you. They uh, have meal plans that include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. I started off with the omnivore with what I generally like. Some of my favorites are the chicken salad lettuce wraps and the Italian sausages and potato mash. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash friends. That's greenchef.us slash friends. All right. Let's get into my Q&A with Dami Lee. I asked about 
uh, when she was growing up in Seoul, was moving to the U.S. something that was part of her plan or something that just ended up happening? So my family immigrated to Austin, Texas uh, when I was six. So maybe I just don't remember them like sitting me down and telling me we're moving to America or maybe they just like didn't tell me. But yeah, it was never part of like a plan or something that I like remotely knew about or knew was happening. Um, Like I remember my mom would like teach the neighborhood kids like English sometimes like we would make little flashcards for English vocabulary on the backs of like these giant calendars that we had. Um, So I knew like very little English when I moved. Um, But, you know, like kids pick up on languages pretty fast. So um, it was it was pretty um, like a confusing experience at first. But I think that it was easy to adapt to. Um, So I moved back to Korea after college um, at the request of my parents, who once again dropped another bombshell on me that they wanted me to come back after I graduated. And like nobody told me this, like when I was growing up, nobody was like, you're going to you're expected to get your American education and then come back to Korea. Um, Like nobody told me this. So it was pretty shocking to me and I really resisted it at first. Um, But then my dad ended up getting kind of sick and I felt like I should be there. So I moved back to Korea and we sort of had this deal where I would stick it out for three years and see how I liked it. And uh, long story short, I did not like it, but I'm so grateful for the experience. I just like it changed how I feel about being a Korean American and it definitely helped me like connect with my Korean culture. But I think the reality was it was just hard to work um, in like a Korean corporate environment. Um, So I ended up getting a job as a translator at a mobile game company and it was okay, like, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing with my life. I'm always curious about why someone would choose to live in New York over L.A. if they're in entertainment uh, or vice versa. But I asked, uh, why New York and not L.A.? So I've, I had been uploading um, comics online for um, like a couple of years, like since graduating college. And it was one of the ways that I like to keep in touch with my friends back home. Um, but it was mostly like uploading things to my Tumblr or like my Facebook where like maybe three people would see it. Um, but I just kept drawing them. And one day I saw a job listing on um, BuzzFeed for a web artist fellowship. And the description was basically just like, we make memes all day long, make comics. And I was like, that's literally the only thing I know how to do. So um, I applied and the process ended up happening really fast. Like I, I did a Skype call um, for my interview and the connection kept dropping, but they liked what they saw like on my Tumblr and stuff. So um, ended up working out and I moved to New York, I think like two weeks after that. Um, so that's why I'm in New York. I've been here for about three years and um, every day is a, a challenge. Um to put it nicely, but I I am like grateful for the opportunity to be here and um, you know, like all the people that I've met here, I think it's something you can't really get anywhere else. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I asked her how she discovered her skill for cartooning because I think uh, a lot of us have doodled and drawn at some point, but uh, I wanted to know how she discovered, like, oh, I, I, I have an actual skill for this, unlike me, who does not have a skill for this. Um, I don't really... I don't know if I would say I have a skill or I ever like discovered a skill for cartooning. I think it's something that developed with time because um, I'd always been kind of um, wary of like art school or um, it was one of my regrets not going to art school because um, I don't feel like I have that foundation or, you know, like the technical skills um, that a lot of really cool like internet artists have um but the good thing about cartooning is that you really uh don't really need that many skills like art skills I think as long as you have the idea um and you have like a story that you want to tell um it's something that you can definitely learn as you go I wanted to know how she chose which comics to use from as per usual for Be Everything at Once and how both of the projects came about and how close the character was to her. So after my BuzzFeed fellowship ended, I started pitching to a lot of different outlets to uh, get my comics featured. And one of them was Line Webtoon, which is a comics platform app. And they feature like a bunch of different artists and um that's how I started as per usual which is my comic series with the little egg shirt girl um so that girl she's basically me um I think it's maybe like an exaggerated version of me or um just more embarrassing um but uh I basically use this comic as my personal diary um like I'll write about like the small, like stupid things that bother me or things that I'm feeling that day. Um, so I, in addition to As Per Usual, I'd also been drawing another comic called Illustrated Internet. And that was um, a series where I took a bunch of like funny tweets that I saw or like Tumblr po- posts and uh, translated them into illustrations. And one of the tweets that I did was the... I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, I'm four eels tweet, um, which is just like a legendary tweet. And uh, I ended up doing that comic and I posted it to Reddit and a literary agent ended up seeing it. So she actually reached out to me um, with like a different book proposal. Um, So the original plan was to make a book of comics just based on like misheard lyrics. And uh, we pitched it to a couple of different publishers, but... Uh, None of them were like really that into it, um, except for one Chronicle editor who saw it. And after we got to talking, um, she decided that she liked um, my story, like my personal story better. So um, that ended up working out pretty well. So the book is made up of half new comics and half old comics that have already been posted. And it was kind of a struggle to lay them out in a way that made sense narratively. 
Um, so I decided to break it up into six different chapters, um, starting with, you know, like my family's immigration experience, um, moving up to when I moved back to Korea and then finally coming back to New York. Um, and then there's actually like a last chapter that's basically just like life advice, but it's just like my miscellaneous chapter where I threw in all the comics that I couldn't fit in the narrative. Um, but yeah, that's how I chose. And it was, it was really hard, like laying it out in a way that made sense. Um, that was one of the biggest headaches. I asked her about writing for The Verge, uh, which is something that I read, and uh, what are some of the things that she gravitates to when writing for them, and uh, was it surreal to see uh, her comics in The New Yorker or Cosmo, because it would be surreal for me, especially since uh, I, don't, I don't make comics, so it would be very strange for me, but I wanted to find out uh, if it's surreal for her. So right now I'm a reporter for The Verge, and I write mainly for our Circuit Breaker vertical, which is uh, where we write about gadgets and um, phones and toys and stuff like that. Um, A lot of Kickstarters that don't end up working out. Um, So I think I naturally gravitate towards a lot of the weird, like, offbeat things. Um, One of my favorite gadgets we've written about is this musical calculator, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a calculator that just plays music um, and you can play it like a piano, basically. Um, There's also stuff like the ramen cup noodle maker, uh, Nissin. They made this fork that plays a sound when you slurp your noodles too loud. Um, So just like weird, silly things like that. It's definitely surreal to see my comics on the New Yorker website. Um, I think it's really great that they let pretty much anyone come into their office once a week and get their comics personally vetted by the editor, um, who will often reject it, but it's character building. In getting into uh, Be Everything at Once, I want to know... uh what kind of experience or takeaways she hoped people might have, although they're probably different from person to person. I was just wondering if there was maybe something uh, she hoped that they would uh, take away from it. Um, growing up, I spent a lot of time in the library. Um, I would just read all the comics I could get my hands on, um, especially Garfield comics, because he has like 40 or 50 collection books and they're very easy for the ESL learner um so I just spent a lot of time in the library and I would always try to look for books about Korea um because I was just like interested in knowing like where I came from and I didn't really remember that much of it so I would look for these books and all I could find would be like one book on the history of Korea and it's just like totally boring and like no one wants to read that so Um, No offense, but, you know, it was just not there were no books about Korean Americans or like the immigrant experience, like nothing like that when I was growing up. So um, to have a comic book that kind of touches on these experiences and having people reach out to me, um, other Korean Americans reach out to me and tell me, you know, that they've never seen themselves represented before. um, It's like a really weird experience, but I'm also like super grateful for it. And then I wanted to know uh, what was next for her, which because once you do something, uh, people want to know. And sometimes you're thinking to yourself, OK, now what's next? Uh, sometimes we don't even get a chance to enjoy the thing that we did before we're thinking or people are asking what's next. But uh, I wanted to know uh, what was next for her. 
So I'm not really sure what I want to do next. Um, I have thought about writing another book, um, but that probably won't be for a little while until I like recover from all this. But uh, I definitely want to explore making different kinds of comics, um, maybe ones that don't feature the egg girl or aren't you know, easily shareable, you know, like aren't fitting into like the four panel Instagram square. So yeah, I, I do want to keep focusing on um, my Korean culture and learning more about it. I feel like I need to do more research before I can even get into it. So I'll probably just ask my mom or my grandma, like just to tell me as many stories as they can.